Are you interested in maximizing your own personal potential? And as a leader in your business, are you interested in really maximizing the people around you as well from both a productivity and efficiency standpoint, but also really helping them step into the person that they are supposed to be and to help them grow personally as a human, right? So how many times in this podcast have you heard me mention or had a, heard a guest mention how they use Colby assessments to really maximize their own personal potential and the potential of people around them um, and their efficiency and their productivity as a team? Or have you heard me mention Enneagram? It's a bunch, okay? And if you know me in real life, you know that I have really adopted these ideas and assessments to help me be a better mom, a better wife, a better coworker, a better leader, a better coach to financial advisors, a better friend. But most importantly, you know, I have really figured out here recently, not just knowing what my Colby and knowing what my Enneagram numbers are, but really the practical application of how do we use that information. So you know me, I love the, I love the how, right? You know, how do I really understand myself in a way to really maximize my own personal potential by increasing my self-awareness, right? Both in my strengths, but also in my weaknesses and potential traps, blind spots, pitfalls, right? And if you listened to episode number 38, we talk about the study that showed how self-awareness is the number one skill and skill here, meaning it's something that you can learn. It's not, you know, innate, but self-awareness is the number one skill that drives success. So my biggest takeaways from this conversation are that I need to better understand Enneagram and Colby, not just for my own personal self-awareness and productivity, you know, but also to increase my understanding of the people around me and how to relate to them and how to help them maximize themselves too, right? To like be a better leader. So how do we increase this awareness of ourselves? And how do we also increase our awareness of how we relate to individuals around us? Well, in this episode, I'm crazy pumped because we are speaking with a Colby and Enneagram expert. And he is going to illuminate the heck out of us for personal and professional growth. And a lot of people listening have taken these assessments and maybe have some general ideas of what these numbers mean. But if you haven't, no worries. I will link them for you in the show notes. You'll still glean a lot from this episode, even if you haven't taken them. And you can always go take them, come back, and re-listen once you have. And hey, if you're new here, welcome to The Efficient Advisor. I am Libby Grywe. I built a 100% referral-only planning practice and grew it to seven figures as a solo advisor, all while working just three days a week and taking off 14 weeks a year. And I started, built, and sold this practice by the age of 37. And I am just here to walk alongside you and to show you how to do exactly the same thing and to help you take immediate action on the most important strategies for scaling, organizing, and creating less stress and overwhelm in your business. I am obsessed with helping advisors run their business instead of it running them. So it is time to take that one right next step to help you step away from exhaustion and to help you really focus on building a business and a life that you love. So let's dive in. All right. Well, I'm so excited to introduce you to Glenn Shelton. He has 35 years of experience counseling, leading teams in ministry, as well as coaching and mentoring children and youth. And in addition, and this is why I'm really excited, he is a Colby certified consultant, a youth advocate, and an Enneagram coach. Ooh. Glenn is a leadership coach who supports his clients to accelerate their leadership effectiveness and really drive the performance of the teams and organizations they work for. Glenn works with individuals, teams, and leaders at every level from emerging manager all the way up to executive. And he is known for his creativity, flexibility, humor, which I know you will enjoy, 
and mm-hmm. skill in blending mm-hmm. strategic mm-hmm. insight with practical action-focused solutions. So Glenn collaborates with his clients to really realize behavior change through greater self-awareness and celebration of their unique God-given gifts. So Glenn, thank you. Thank you it. so much for being here. Absolutely. Great to be with you. Thanks, Libby. So excited. So let's just yeah. dive right in. So tell me like, you know, Thanks. as we're thinking about Colby and Enneagram and really maximizing our potential and the potential of people around us. Like what, what is really your definition of success? You betcha. My definition of success. And of course there are many definitions for success, but for me, if you will, the definition of success is that when you and I, or or really anybody, uh, when anyone is free to be who he or she is designed by God to be. When that person is free to live life and to strive and to be the person uh, that I believe that God has uniquely created that person to be, I think that's success. That's where you find greatest joy. That's when you find greatest productivity. Um, I like to say, actually, Libby, when I am the first-rate version of myself, and not the second rate version of someone else. Yeah. That's when, yeah, right. That's when I experience, you know, greater, greater joy. So I don't define success by how much money I have in the bank, although that's important. Uh, obviously, we all have needs and we all need to, to make an income uh, and such, and we all need to work toward that. But nevertheless, I think holistically in mind, body, and spirit. When I am free, when I discovered, uh, truly discovered my God-given giftedness, right? His unique thumbprint upon me, uh, then I truly was emancipated. I felt uh, a freedom uh, from trying to perform in a way that wasn't natural, you know, for me. No, I would totally agree. Like once like you're living in alignment, and yeah. you're, you get to be you in the way that you want to be. And I see this with advisors all the time who, you know, they're trying to mimic or imitate, which is perfectly fine. Um, but they're trying to be versions of other people. And it's not the business that brings them the most joy or the most excitement or, um, the most happiness. So it's and once I, we I, kind of get in that alignment that right. we truly can go, yes, now, yes. now this is fun. <laughs> and, I, and, and I tried that. I, I mean, I've tried doing that throughout the years. Uh, being in ministry and teaching, you know, I, I truly tried to mimic or tried to be someone I'm not, you know, in the style or in the presentation or in the materials that I would present. Um, and after the presentation or after the teaching or after the sermon, I never felt, dare I say, authentic, mm-hmm. transparent. Sure. Yes. But on those days, in those presentations, where I truly was free just to be who God created me to be in that moment and in that presentation with those people, with those children, with that congregation, you know, I would, <laughs> I'd go throughout my day going, God, Lord, that was awesome. Yes. That was such a, you know, <laughs> was it perfect? No, but, but I felt real. I, I felt as if I was truly succeeding, you know, yes. to answer the question. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I can, I can relate to that. Cause I started when I was 22 and I, everyone would say, Oh, well, don't be bubbly. Don't be you know, funny, don't joke around. That's not as professional. And it was miserable. And once I finally was like, look, I am bubbly and I do joke around. And I that's when my clients are going, oh, we actually like working with you because you make this fun. You make this entertaining. You tell it in a funny way that we remember. And it was like, yes, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, that's part of my giftedness as well. I like to keep things you know, I truly, I, I do take everything that I do seriously, but I don't take myself seriously. <laughs> and so, right? And, right. Uh, because I'm humbled at every other turn and there's not another Libby. There's not another Glenn in the whole world, right? That's identical to, to who you are. So when you and I, when any person discovers and celebrates the masterpiece that he or she is, designed by God, 
right? Designed by God. Um, again, I think just <laughs> to get to answer the question, I, I think therein lies true joy and success you know, for me to the glory of God. So yes. yes. Well, and let's awesome be grateful stuff. for that. I don't think the world is ready for a second Libby or a second Glenn. No. Like I, I don't think it could handle duplicates of these. Have so. you been ta- <laughs> Have you been talking to my family again? <laughs> it takes one to know one, right? <laughs> right. Oh my well, gosh. So for listeners listening who are like, yeah. okay, I've heard of Colby or I've heard of Enneagram, or maybe for people who haven't heard of either, can mm-hmm. you just give us like at a high level? And of course we'll give them way like to explore that. Yeah. Like that height, 10,000 feet, like what yeah. is Colby and what is Enneagram? And then how sure. can we use those to be more successful as a business owner, a mom, a wife, um, a leader, all of the things. Okay. Awesome. I love talking about this. Uh, so at a, if I'm going to soar and look down upon the Enneagram and look down upon uh, the Colby. These are two wonderful assessments or products that can be used to help a person understand at a deeper level how he or she has been gifted and uniquely marked, blessed, gifted by God himself. The Colby, for example, measures how a person naturally strives, how a person naturally problem solves, how a person instinctively goes after an issue or an outcome, okay? Um, And it's all based, Colby wisdom is based on the fact that you and I, all human beings, have three parts to the mind. You have your thinking, right? That's your cognitive gifts, your learning, your experience, you know, all the seminars that you've been to and classes that you've attended, the degrees that you have worked for. So there's the cognitive, then there's the feeling section of the mind, your emotions and your motivations. Um, And the Enneagram really speaks to that. I'll come back to that in a second. But it's that third part of the mind, which honestly, most people don't even think about and that is your conative conative or conation uh that is your instinctive striving so when i walk into a project or i walk into a an issue that needs to be solved i am instinctively going to tackle it in a very unique way probably different than you different from the other person and so the colby measures, if you will, those conative strengths, how I instinctively, naturally problem solve, or, you know, go after an issue, how I, how I strive. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yes, it does. I, I, I look I, at it as like your operating like, system. Like, how, is what, your, is your, it, what is your it operating is system? How do you yeah, process yeah. this? Like, how do you yeah. move from A to B? naturally like what is that unconscious motivation yeah often often in this context i'll have a person do this exercise i'll have a person write his or her name using the non-dominant hand right Mm -hmm. oh i'm right-handed so if i were to write my name with my left hand you know how does it feel what does it look like well it feels horrible right right it looks terrible it's unlegible um and if i were to do that all day long i'd be miserable because my right hand is the dominant hand well the colby measures what is dominant right natural about you when it comes to when it comes to striving so you know that's the one illustration there (laughs) there are others but sure that's in a a nutshell the colby okay so let's talk enneagram high level what is enneagram for those that aren't familiar so the enneagram uh means the nine types of personality but it's more than just measuring behavior or thinking. The Enneagram, this is what's so cool about the Enneagram. I just love it. It looks at the motivation, mm-hmm. the why behind your thinking, the why behind your 
acting and behavior, the why that drives you and motivates you. So when you begin to understand the why, it really puts everything in its proper place. It puts everything in an understandable package, you know, for that individual. Okay. Now I better understand yes. why I do what I do. And right? why others do what they and do. And why others do what they do. And it just brings so much grace and so much understanding. And I think ultimately, uh, greater teamwork, greater synergism, greater productivity. Yeah. Well, and I think yeah. what's so interesting about both of these assessments is, I mean, there's tons of things where everyone can go find a strength finder, right? Like you can go figure out what your strengths are and maximize your strengths. I think what yeah. I like about Colby and especially about Enneagram is it also exposes our blind spots and our kind yeah. of the shadow side of your personality and pitfalls, no. traps, things to also be aware of. Same with other people. So I have found that kind of like a fascinating looking at it as like a not just like, oh, what are, what is my team really good at? But also like, what are the things that are going to be yeah. like really difficult for like hard for them? And how do they, um, yeah, that unconscious motivation, like how do they approach that? Or what will they think about that? And, and being able to use that um, for self-awareness and then also, you know, awareness of how to interact in a way that's really meaningful to, to others. So yeah. yeah. Well, the truth is Libby, you have blind spots. No. Yeah. Are you sure? You've been talking to my husband. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah. We had a phone call last <laughs> night. It was a wonderful conversation. Nevertheless, you have them and I have them. Uh, we all have them. And the Enneagram certainly allows us to begin to understand those blind spots, especially when we're in relationship with family or close teammates. It helps us, right, begin to look at those nuances of our behavior that really, that honestly, at the end of the day, it does shape our behaviors and it shapes our teams. It shapes morale. It shapes efficiency and productivity. I mean, it's a, it's a package deal, right? Yes, a hundred percent. I'm sure we'll get into all kinds of details. So yeah. in, um, in your opinion, like so that's my opinion of these assessments is that it shows yeah. all of these other sides. Is there anything else that you think makes specifically Colby and Enneagram so fascinating or so different? Well, I think for the Colby, um, there is no other assessment out there in the world. There are a lot of uh, assessments that measure your intelligence, right? There's a lot of assessments out there that measure even your emotional quotient, your EQ, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of assessments that help you begin to understand um, your personality or your temperament or your, right, your strength finder, you know, just where are you straight? But Colby is, it is so unique and it has over 30 years of, of, of neurological research to support it at the most fundamental physiological neurological level there is so much data that drives one's understanding of the colby and its significance really in understanding one's cognitive striving instinct so again it's the only one in the world um, that that's out there and i have found it to be a game changer Okay, okay, so let's it's talk about changer. that. Tell us why. And I know there's the A, the B, and the C, and I'm sure yeah. we'll get into that. But yeah. tell us why, what makes it a game changer? Like, what, here's a game so changer. For people idea. listening, why do they need to know? Yeah, here's, here's, a, here's a game changer. You can have a person who has all the experience and all the education that you would ever want to be serving on a team, right? You can even have a person uh, that you're working with where there's really good chemistry. Your personalities are meshing. You, you, you get beers after work. You, you go jogging at lunchtime. I mean, you have a good time together. But honestly, that person, for some reason, is not getting the job done. Mm -hmm. It's the wrong person in the wrong seat on the bus, right? Yes. That person is just not efficient or that person is not performing or that person is creating too much negative energy on the team because of how they go about doing the job okay mm -hmm. 
So you can have a, you can have a Harvard degree, right? And you can have an amazing personality, but if you're if you don't understand that person's striving instincts, you know, you're it's going to be detrimental. It's going to create inertia. It's going to create stress. It's going to create conflict because that person is performing in a way really that is just the antithesis of what you need in that position. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. It makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. So I, I, so I can celebrate what you know, and I can celebrate your personality, but I also want to celebrate your natural instinctive striving gifts and it better match, right? It's got to match with uh, your position or what you're being asked to do on the team. Yeah. And I think that's extra important in a small business. Cause I can't tell you how many times people are like, wow, I really hired this person and they're so great. I really like them. But for some reason, like, it's just, it's not clicking. And I wonder, you know, even looking back at myself and my, in my business, like if I had a better understanding of people's operating systems, what were the small tweaks that I could have yeah. made that would have increased their, um, you know, their longevity with me in the business and like really could have helped them. It's, I, you know, and I understand now that it's my role as a leader to help people flourish and I can't help them flourish unless I really am a student of who they are and how they operate and how then that interacts with other people on our team. Uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And uh, just to give an example, you would not want me on your team if you were looking someone for someone who would provide a lot of research and data and analysis, because I'm not wired that way. There's one category in Nick Colby called the fact finder, and it's on a continuum between one and 10. I'm a three. I am <laughs> also a three. Essentially <laughs> what that means, Libby, is I need very little information in order to make a decision, right? right. I need very little information in, in order to step into a project. Now, my wife, <laughs> on the other hand, uh, Sue is an eight. And mm -hmm. simply what that means wow. is she needs more information. She needs more research. She needs more data before she makes a decision. So you can see, you know, there sure. can be conflict. Not that we've ever had conflict in our of marriage. Course not. Of course Never. not. Never. Um, but of course there has. But when we begin to understand that about one another, right? Mm -hmm. There are times in every relationship where you need to get more information, mm -hmm. right? You need yeah. to make, you need to make an informed decision after all. So when you have those moments in a family, in a relationship, on a team where you need more information, if I know that about the other person, that that other person just naturally loves to do data analysis and research, right? I'm going to ask that person to do that work. Mm -hmm. I'm right. not going to ask a Glenn who has a three yeah. because that would drive <laughs> me crazy, yeah. right? I, I would, I'd rather have an ice pick and just kind of poke my eye out rather than spend that time at the desk doing that kind of research. Well, and I think about that in hiring. So I'm a nine on a quick start and I'm a three on fact finding, right? So I don't need a lot of information. I go, Oh, Hey, this person's really cool. Cool. Yeah. Great. They yeah. seem to be qualified. Let's, ha let's hire them. And That's then it's right, like, Oh, right? why didn't, why didn't that work out exactly? Versus what I need is someone who's really patient and really good yeah. at fact finding. That's going to interview yeah. tons and tons of people yeah. and actually call I the know. references and do all the things um, they're the right person to do hiring versus someone like me. So there really is a place and a need for everybody. And I can see back, like thinking about projects that I was like, okay, okay, team, here's what we're going to do. Here's two pieces of information now go. And then being yep. like shocked when they're right. like, we don't know what you mean exactly. Yeah, like we're going right. to need a little more data, a little Libby. more data, a little more information. <laughs> and, and honestly, I think you'd probably say this as well, Libby. I love that about the the eights, the nines, the tens, and fact finder. I need them in my life. Yes. I respect them. <laughs> I need them. I love them. I want them, but I ain't one. Right. 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 I ain't one. 
Well, and, and I, I think never it's important. Will, and I never will be one. Now, I yeah. can fake it for a while. <laughs> okay. But it's never going to work out well for you. And, and, that, and that lends itself to a discussion about the Colby B. Because if you're faking it to make it, your Colby B will reveal it. <laughs> okay. okay, so let's talk about A, B, and C. So Colby A right looks yeah. for, for what? So um, Colby A assesses when I am free to be who I am when it comes to going after an outcome or a project or problem solving, it measures those cognitive strengths, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, a Colby B is when I look at my position objectively, mm -hmm. how do I score my position? <laughs> so how do I actually, when it comes down to really what am I required to do to succeed or to accomplish this goal, okay? Is it in alignment with who I am, okay? Is it in alignment with who I am? So a Colby B will measure your perception of that position. Not, right. when, I'm, not when I'm free to be who I am, but uh, when I am looking at that position through that lens of really what is required to is accomplish this. Right fit. Yeah. Yes. That's, okay. that's where you're going to find the discrepancy or the difference. For example, right? In my last position serving in ministry, I did a Colby B on what I was supposed to do, right? <laughs> and I discovered that someone in my position needed to be at least, not I shouldn't say at least, needed to be a six in fact finder, a seven in uh, follow through. And I know maybe for our guests, that doesn't quite make sense. But essentially what that meant was, I'm a three in fact finder. I'm not a six. And so I Right, I'm not a six, it requires a six, right. but I'm a three. And so you can begin to see the tension, you know, the stress within myself in order to accomplish that task. Again, I can do it for a day, but I can't do it for a year. I'll right. burn that, out. That happiness isn't gonna be there. Okay, so it's what's the Colby C measure? Oh, I love the, I love the Colby C. Um, okay. And what the Colby C then will do the A is when I'm free to be who I am. The B is my analytical perception of this position, what it requires. The C is the supervisor's, okay? The supervisor's ah. expectation of that position. Oh, interesting, so, okay. Right, so have the supervisor look at the position, not, not the person, but the position. So from the owner's perspective, from the CEO's perspective, from, right, from the supervisor's perspective, what is required in that position to accomplish the goals? And so then you just, and then you get a whole different set of numbers often. Sure. And uh, so that will reveal if the expectation of your boss is anything close or where it's close or different from your own personal instinctive striving gifts. And that's then really what that does, Libby, it does, it provides a platform. It provides a safe environment where you can have a discussion, okay? That doesn't become personal. Right. It, yes. becomes, it becomes analytical. It becomes objective. It becomes something that we can look at and not go crazy about right and uh and get our feelings hurt right, right. Yes. so often so many decisions are based upon oh i just don't feel like i'm i'm appreciated here i don't feel like you know if anyone likes me in my job or i'm not supported or respected when often it's it's a colby issue not a personality issue it's a colby issue and so the c then reveals Maybe where there can be some tweaking of the job description. Yes. Maybe you need to be moved into a different position altogether. But at least you can have that discussion without, you know, you know, throwing your hands up, throwing in the towel and turning on your heels and walking out the door. Yeah. I quit. 
Yeah. I well, could. and I can see advisors. So as we, you know, start to step, step into more of this CEO role where we're starting to think about these things and build org charts and job descriptions and all this stuff. Often we see people hire someone because they like them, right? We're like, okay, yeah. this person's a great person and all here's what I'm going to have them do. And then we kind of go, oh, you know, I think they could also do this. Mm. And, oh, they really mm. like that. And then they have this sort of like, here's all the, the duties that they're doing. And then some, for some reason they leave us and we try to hire somebody right into that role. And it's just like, <laughs> exactly why aren't they doing do. it the way, you know, oh, Jay did it or yes, right. right, right. So it's maybe to further answer what the Colby C provides. And it's always better to do the Colby C on the front end. What do I mean by that? That is, have the supervisors, have the people in charge, have the owners, the CEOs, complete the Colby C before the person is hired. Yes. Okay. Okay. So have, the, have them complete that Colby C, what is expected co cognitively for a person in that position to succeed. And then uh, in the hiring process, you give the Colby A to your candidates. Yes. And okay. then you measure that person's fit based upon that Colby A and not about only personality. Okay. So when we're looking for a Colby A, so I have, okay, I have mine right here. I'm a three, four, three, four, nine, three. Okay. Three, four, nine, three. And I'm a so three, three, eight, four. <laughs> Okay. You're, you are my people. So who do we need in our life to balance yeah. us out? Are we Absolutely. looking for, so I'm a nine on a quick start. Am I looking for somebody then who scored? And I hate to say scored low because it's funny because I've had people take this and they go, yeah. Oh, I only got a three on no, implementing. Right. Oh, they're, all, they're, yeah. they're, all, they're all strengths, right? <laughs> right? There's nothing negative about this. Yeah. We, well, it, we, it is funny though. Cause people will I be like, know. Oh, I only scored a three. I'm pretty good at implementing. And it's like, no, no, no. That just tells you what type of implementer, like, like just, yeah. it's not, it's not all advisors. Like I need to be a 10 out of 10. Yeah, right? Like I, why didn't I score well on all of these? Right. <laughs> I, I just had a conference last Friday up in Ontario, California. And I had quite a few people present business leaders who had scored twos and threes and they said exactly that oh my gosh i feel horrible i scored so low and i had right. to share with them it's not about that number being low or wrong or bad it's how you are gifted right right that's a strength that's a positive thing so are we looking for people who have opposite gifts of us or are we sure. looking for people who have similar tendencies or similar processing. Like, so, so, right, so talk right. me through, like, what am I looking for when I'm hiring people to compliment me or to work within my business? Okay. And I'm right sure it on. depends on the role, right. But like in general, it, it does, it does really, everything is driven by the role or the position itself. What is it that you need? What is it on your team? What is that position that you need? What's that Colby a around that position look like? Um, and then of course you're going to hire the person, but okay. If, if you have a hybrid team, let me back up. If you have a collaborative team where you're working close, closely with individuals throughout the week in order to march the ball down the field, I mean, you're working together to accomplish a goal. Mm -hmm. It is best then to have, um, a rainbow of colors on the okay. team. Okay. You don't want what they call conative cloning you don't want right. people just like you you need some diversity you need diversity okay and because that brings them that energy again look at your conative gifts as the energy that you bring within synergism that energy then is created by having a plethora a rainbow of colors of people differing gifts that that then will be used to help keep the team synergistically marching together, you know, down the field. Okay. Together. So you do need, you, for example, if you have in fact finder, if you have a team that is made up of eights or nines, people who just love to do data work, love to do research, then they're not going to do anything. Right. 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 They're, they're gonna, that's where you get analysis paralysis. The devil is in the details. 
Right. And then nobody gets anything done. And all they do is sit there and, you know, have a great time doing their research. But at the end of the day, what do we have? We just have notebooks full of information, <laughs> right. right? Big, big deal. So on a team, then you need to have the twos, the threes, the fours, the fives, um, in order to take that information and begin to implement it. Mm-hmm. Because, because for example, a two or three in a fact finder would say, whoa, team, we have enough information here. Right. here. My head's about ready to explode. Let's get on with it. Let's move. And a team needs to hear that. Right? Yes. Yes. And so there, there is that dynamic then, that creative synergistic dynamic that's created on the team that uh, then helps perpetuate the team forward. Okay. It's, a, wonder, it's a wonderful thing. And I loved when you and I were talking back in May, kind of doing our pre-podcast, just kind of chat, you had mentioned, and I thought this was really interesting, and I'd love for people to hear you kind of talk about this again, but you and I were chatting about having meetings and having the right people Mm. in on the meetings and versus having the wrong people in, like A, that's more efficient because not everybody is being paid to sit there and be part of this, but B, from an efficiency or productivity standpoint. Okay, so share a little bit about that if you would, and then then we'll move on. I know from my own experience over years and years of years of working with teams and leading teams, you know, I used to think you want to invite everybody to the table, right? And if you didn't invite everybody to the table for that discussion or for that planning or for that goal setting, if you didn't invite everybody, I often experienced someone who would get his feelings hurt or someone who would be upset, right? Mm -hmm. Or someone who probably, you know, would talk to someone else and say, I can't believe Glendon invite me to be a part of that process, right? Um, And so when you begin to understand the Colby, when you begin to understand one's striving instincts, then you have to assess what is it that we need to accomplish? What is it? What is the goal of this meeting? It requires a little, a little more work on, you know, on the leaders, from the leader's perspective. You need to have an agenda. What's the agenda? Okay. Is the agenda that we need to move quickly? Mm-hmm. Is the agenda meaning uh, we need, we have all the information that we need. So we need to devise what are the next steps? Then you would invite only to the table uh, individuals who would be higher in quick start, for example. We're ready to, right? We're ready to jump in immediately. We would have bring to the table individuals who probably were higher in follow through, people who like systems, mm-hmm. people who like making sure that there's a sequential step by step process, procedures in order to accomplish what we already know. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, for example, again, you would not bring to the table a lot of people that would be high in fact finder because they're, what are they naturally going to want to do? They're going to want to say, hey, we need more information. We need to get more data. Slow we the need process down a little bit. Slow it down. So it really goes back to the front end. What is it, leader, that you want to accomplish? What's the purpose of this meeting? Therefore, I'm going to bring to the table those individuals that have the Colby cognitive gifts mix that will help us accomplish that. And it may mean, Libby, I don't want you at the table. Mm-hmm. Okay? It may mean that you're going to, but you're going to understand this because we've created a, a culture, a Colby wisdom culture. You're going to understand mm-hmm. And you're going to come to me and you're going to say, thanks, Glenn. I did not want yet another meeting to attend. Yes. You know, thank you for being proactive. Thank you for being thoughtful. Thank you for being purposeful. And that's what the Colby is ultimately. It's about purposefully creating synergism that creates greater productivity. Okay. I love that. So I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about their office culture And they mentioned that on everybody's door, it had their Colby numbers and their Enneagram Mm -hmm. numbers Mm -hmm. so that when someone was walking into, to talk with them, they had, and this is where we, you know, we talk about not just like, I feel like whenever I would take an Enneagram, I'd be like, oh, I'm a seven and a wing two. And I would read about the seven and I'd read about the two. And that was it. 
And this is where I've, you know, started to learn like, oh no, I need to be a student of all of these numbers so that I can best interact with other people. And they were talking about how, like, you know, if I'm walking into an office of somebody who's a fact finder, here's what I'm going to need more data with me versus if I'm walking into a quick start, um, you know, I'm going to give them the one, two pieces of information that they need and they're going to go. And I thought that was really kind of like a really cool and interesting thing. And that they are constantly doing education and seminars on how to interact with others. So everybody Mm -hmm. was a student of all of the pieces to understand how they could work as a team most efficiently. And I thought that was really, really interesting. So thinking about productivity and efficiency and have how, how, how assessments actually help us. It's not just like, oh, this woo woo kind of like, that's really cool. And you get to learn more about yourself, which self-awareness is critically important, but it's really too, like, if you want tangible, like actionable things from it, that's really possible by better understanding Colby and Enneagram. It really is. And I think in a very practical way, if it, in a perfect world, (laughs) if I were meeting with a client, if I'm meeting with a family, if I'm meeting with another team, I'd want to know what their Colby is. Mm -hmm. For example, if I'm meeting with a person who would like to purchase my product, okay, if I knew this person uh, was a one, two, or three in fact finder, okay, are we together? Fact finding is all about gathering information. If I knew this person was a one, two, or three, I would not spend an hour looking at or analyzing all the stuff, mm-hmm. all the details. I would give them the bullet points. Does that make right. sense? Right. Because if they were, if I knew that my client, I knew this person, or even this other teammate was a seven, eight, nine-ish, 10-ish on the the fact finder. I know we keep going back to the fact finder. There are three other modes, I understand. Uh, But let me continue to pick on the fact finders Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, because they bring a lot of energy to a team. Um, But so if I know a person is a seven, eight, nine, or 10 or so on fact finder, and I'm sitting down with that person, even though I'm a three, I'm going to make sure that I have enough information mm-hmm. that will speak to that. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I present if an hour isn't long enough, I'll give them two hours right. of information because they need that. So you're again, when I know this about my teammates, when I know this about my boss, when I know this about my, my spouse, mm-hmm. my children, you know, I can step into that situation mindful, again, of how God has uniquely gifted them. Yes. Well, and I think that's really important for advisors too, because as you're working with people, you can kind of tell like, oh, they need lots of information, which means when I'm presenting, uh, yeah. you know, plan choice, like they're going to need a lot of like data and, and now they're going to need a lot of rationale versus people who are quick starts are like, I don't really care. Just tell me what I'm supposed to do. And like, yeah. what am I supposed to sign? You know, and like, yeah. you're just going to approach those clients very differently and every time I agree, yeah, you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can instinctively over time, like I have noticed, at least with Enneagram, I, I have a little bit better of being like, oh, I think that person's a nine or, you know, yeah. or, oh, she's a one. Um, and I, so I actually, I'm in that bad habit of guessing. I try to guess too. <laughs> and then most I ask the time, them. <laughs> most of the time I'm wrong, but I try to right. guess too. Yeah. Most people guess just based on my success that I was a three, but I'm not, I'm a yeah. seven uh, yeah. with a wing too. And, and it's funny because people are always like, oh, I definitely pegged you as a, as a three. And I'm like, Nope, not even, doesn't even. No, you're a seven Libby. (laughs) For the record, I'm a seven too. Are you? Okay. We're the, we're the joy bomb of of the Enneagram, right? I guess so. Right. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I've heard someone say they're like a seven, you're the joy bomb and you bring all the the happiness. You look for overlapping patterns and systems and you're kind of future feeling all the Um, time. Yes. And then at the same time, the dark side to that, right, is that we tend to use humor and joy and all the yeah. distraction to cover to up disguise. the yeah. bad feelings and the just ignore that because I'm right. just going to make a joke instead. Yeah. And yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I love all the like light side, dark mm. side to each of these pieces. And, and I think it's important too. So we're going to jump into Enneagram. Um, and it's funny because the first time I read through them all, I remember thinking like, like when I read a couple of them. And, you know, I have to constantly tell myself there's no good, like there's no better number. And the more I've learned, the more like, I'm like, oh, I can really see how these different 
people make are absolutely critically necessary in the world and how important we are that we have a little bit of everything. And right. If everybody covered up their feelings with happiness and joy, (laughs) the world would not be a healthy place. (laughs) One big party, right? (laughs) That's right. It would not be healthy. Yeah. No, it would not be healthy. I agree. (laughs) So, so what's your your husband? What number is he? He's an eight wing four. Eight. Okay. I think you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. And my wife, Sue, is she's a one. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I can see that with her family. Yeah. yeah, you know yes. my wife. So yeah. We need someone to like create some structure for us. <laughs> Absolutely. And she thank God she is that for me for sure. Right. Right. Okay. So let's dive into her. Enneagram and then sure. how you know why Colby and Enneagram. And then how do you use Enneagram to really help okay. individuals and teams? Yeah, 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 yeah. Your, your Enneagram, when we're, looking, when we're looking at teams, when we're looking at efficiency, when we're looking at productivity, when we're looking at purposeful action that ultimately will create business and revenue and success, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, when we look at what we're trying to accomplish individually or as a team, one's Enneagram is the catapult. One's Enneagram is the impetus or the motivation behind the work or the behavior or the thinking that person is going to bring to the team. The, the why, if you will, you know, the why behind that person's motivation or the why behind that person's actions and thinking. And so as a seven, I know the why is that we're adventuresome. We like the adventure, right? We enjoy the adventure. We enjoy the excitement. When I know that about teammates, I want to make sure if I have sevens on my team, I'm going to bring that naturally. I'm going to bring that element of fun. I'm going to bring that element of adventure. If I have ones on the team, I'm going to show how it is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. right it's the right thing to do if i have twos on the team i'm going to show how what we're doing will actually care for and help others Mm -hmm. if i have threes on the team i'm going to show how it's going to make us look good right (laughs) Uh, and if i have fours on the team i'm going to make sure that everyone understands there's a deeper level of understanding and appreciation where you just go deep, right? Mm -hmm. In understanding Mm -hmm. the ethos, the culture, right? The sociological implication. If there's a five on the team, I'm gonna make sure that there's enough space to allow them to have that alone time to process. Mm -hmm. If I have sixes on the team, right? So you can begin to see, I understand my team and I wanna make sure that everyone understands that as we work together, we're going to do all that we can to make sure that the Enneagram, the nine types of personalities are being acknowledged at least, or being celebrated and, and purposeful, you know, to that end. I can think about that. Looking back at my team, I'm like, okay, as a leader, you know, my twos, needed lots of like add a girls and, oh gosh, I couldn't do yeah. this without yous. And they, you know, they were motivated by that desire to help and feel, you know, rewarded through being acknowledged for helping versus my threes were like, okay, you hit a revenue goal. You hit a number. It was very more statistical. Like, here's your, here's the bar girl. Like, like let's go get that number. And they're just motivated so differently as a leader to really bring that out. And and in our team, it's important to understand what is that intrinsic or that unconscious motivation? Like, what are they actually Mm -hmm. looking for? Mm -hmm. And then how do we as leaders, you know, without being inauthentic, right? Like, uh, but how do we, how do we deliver that to them? I think that's being the most authentic leader, servant leader that you can be. When I take the time to study and understand Libby, when I take the time and understand my teammates, I think that's a form of empathy, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it has nothing to do with manipulation. It's because I love you and respect you and I want the best for you. 
And to do that, I need to understand how you are wired, how right. you are gifted, right? So, yeah, right. I like think, I, yeah. like our twos, what the twos are the most interpersonal. So they wake up yeah. thinking about relationships. They go to bed thinking about relationships, you know, so to put them in a corner office with no windows would be, oh my gosh, I'd kill them. it would suck all their yeah. energy dry oh my versus gosh, yeah. my five would, you know, the best possible thing I could do would be put yeah. in the office with no windows because they would get energy <laughs> from their aloneness. <laughs> my, my, my son-in-law is a five and we often use him as an example. He had shown us um, a coffee mug or was it a t-shirt that had the slogan, just pretend I'm not here. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? So, yes. so put me back. You know, they're very thoughtful. They, they do a lot of great work on a team, but you need to understand that about them. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah. we're never going to ask an eight to cover the line to do customer service. Like that's going to suck them dry. Yeah. Not unless you want to offend everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Right. <laughs> if that's your goal is to offend them. I love going to those restaurants where that's their, they have a bunch of eights survey here's your loaf of bread and they <laughs> throw it at you or get your hunk of meat yourself you know right. <laughs> that's an eight they're so fun to like, live with you are in the wrong job if you are in a service industry and you are an eight yes yeah so but they'll have like but then there's there's things that eights are like 100 perfect at that oh, you've like got, they're mission oh my critical God. to have those people in, you know. absolutely i totally agree couldn't agree more yes Right. Cause I like being a seven, I want to do everything. I enjoy all yeah. the variety. I have yeah. no shortage of ideas. <laughs> um, Never. If, if it were up to me, I would just fill my calendar from 7am to 2am and then wonder why I'm exhausted and tired Right. where my eight will come in and say like, okay, how about you pick four things that are important to you and let's and focus drive on them hard. Yeah. Four things. I know. Oh, yeah. Yes, I do need that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. And so, those and, and the nines, of course, the nines want to keep peace. They're right. going to do everything they can, make sure there's equilibrium and peace and that there's right tranquility. Yes. And uh, that's important too. I mean, yes, I love, I love my nines. nines. I, I love, love my nines too. A lot of my best friends are nines. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I have a I, great friend too that's a nine. I love uh -huh. it. I love it. Yeah. They're mm -hmm. the peacemaker. They're the one that's yeah. just making sure everything is good to go. Love it. Well, good. Well, so how, so tell us a little bit about how you work with teams specifically um, yeah. in looking at their strengths, their weaknesses and maximizing their skills. So if, yeah, if I, as an advisor were to hire you to work with my team, tell me what that would yeah. look like. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'd like to talk with you as the advisor. I'd like to talk with you as the, the leader of the team. And what I'd like to do, what I, what I offer Libby is I would have a phone conversation or a Zoom conversation with you and invite you to complete the Colby A, if you haven't already, mm -hmm. and invite you, if the Enneagram is also something that a person wants to use, then I would invite you, I'd send you a link and have you complete the Enneagram. And then I would then want to set up an opportunity where just the two of us, or the three of us, if, if there's another decision maker on the team that you would like to involve, for the three of us or the two of us to sit down and to, to give that 10,000, let's fly at 10,000 feet here and let's understand, let's do an interpretation you know, of your Colby, of your Enneagram. And then more specifically, I'd like to hear what your goals are for your team. What do you wanna accomplish? You know, what's, what's, what's driving you? What's your passion? And then I believe that Colby and the Enneagram can be used as a tool to help you accomplish that. And so I would sit down and then we would talk about how those two or maybe just the one tool, the Colby could be used to help create greater synergism, efficiency for individuals. It would help solve maybe some conflict or stress that everyone knows exists, but they're not sure how to talk about it. Yes. I'm not sure how to talk about it. So this provides then that safe, you know, environment, that table that we can come to, to have those conversations. Um, and then the next step, how we can use it to create that culture, a culture that expresses that Colby wisdom 
or the Enneagram, the truths of the Enneagram, in a way that allows everyone and all of us together to experience success. I love that. And, and, yeah. and it's funny because I was introduced to you because one of the advisors that I'm coaching had worked with you and your team. Yeah. And she had, you know, her director of operations with her. And she was like, well, she's here because she's a quick start. And if it's up to me, I'm not going to get any of this stuff done. So like, right. she, you know, she needs to be present in every single meeting that we have, because she's going to take the thing that you're telling me and she's going to go make it happen. Yeah. Um, and I loved that. And I loved that idea. And she, and it was just so interesting to watch how her mind worked when she was thinking through like strategies we were talking about. And she'd be like, you know who I need to bring in on that is this but not her, you know, like it was, it was, yeah. it was cool to see yeah, that. Really cool. Yeah. To see and how that from an efficiency standpoint, that makes like tons and tons of sense. And I think the self-awareness piece, you know, I was, I was listening to a progress podcast about Enneagrams. Cause that's what I do. And, <laughs> and it was someone who was a four <clears throat> and then, then also high fact finder. And they were saying they have found that they get this, you know, analysis paralysis, they get kind of stuck. And mm -hmm. it takes them days or weeks to make decisions. And they have really good friends who are fives and they can say, okay, here's the data. Okay. Give me the data. I'll call you back in an hour with a decision. And they've said, this is from an efficiency standpoint. It just makes so much more sense to let people who that's their sweet spot and they can do it better, faster, smarter, quicker, easier, yeah, yeah. Uh, let the them above. do the thing. And for me to let go of that ego piece that I have to be the one to do it all. And I, you know, and that this is the right way or. <clears throat> for me, it was really understanding that the way that my brain works, I knew it wasn't normal. Yeah. I knew it wasn't normal, <laughs> but like yeah. how many people think that this is the way normal people do this, or this is the way normal people think about this and to really understand there is no normal. And that what's natural to you is just foreign as all get out to somebody else and how, <laughs> how that's a good, beautiful, beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. thing. That's right. Yes. That comes yes. to that conclusion. Another way to answer your question, I think another point of application that I that I really enjoyed uh, doing is that is to bring together, um, bring together the advisors, bring together those office leaders, and do more of a like a a two hour presentation, you know, and then they can bring that back to their teams and they can talk about perhaps taking the next step. And of course, I'm willing to jump in there and help them do that. For example, this last Friday, I had a conference, as I mentioned earlier, up in Ontario. The University of California sponsors a program reaching out to small business owners up in the Inland Empire area, helping them take their next steps to grow their business. And in the process, they wanted to learn more about Colby. And so I offered my services free of charge to meet with all these business leaders and owners. And coming out of that, of course, will be a relationship with them as we march forward. But I brought together people who were in real estate. Uh, another person was in trucking business and computers that are used for logistics. Another company was involved in dry cleaning. So we've got just so many, just such variety. a great variety yeah. of businesses and presented and without exception, everyone said, wow, this certainly applies to my business. This applies to my team. This applies, right, uh, yes. to the folks that I'm working with. Uh, and so what they're doing now is they're sharing this. And of course, we'll see what happens, but we'll take the next steps together. And yeah. I may be consulting a group of folks who work at a dry cleaner, right? And just to see, again, that Colby wisdom and the Enneagram used uh, to help them. Yeah, yeah, well, and it's applicable. And like we talked about, it's applicable in relationships uh, got, outside yeah. of the office as well. So that's a whole different podcast to talk about that. It, I know we but, need a, We need another oh podcast God. on relationships and we need we another podcast on children. And yes. And, you know, <laughs> career yes. choices. Well, thank yeah. you. And I will make sure all of the information on how people can get with you is in. Awesome the show notes here and that they'll be able to get in contact with you. And I'm sure they will. And thank you so much for being here. I know this has been so helpful and I know so many advisors yeah. just want to get more done and less time and, you know, have yeah. the whole management of a business be so much easier. And a big piece of that is having and retaining and 
um, maximizing your employees Mm -hmm. and creating an environment that allows, or, and not just allows, but really supports and fosters personal growth within everybody on the team. So I'm just so grateful that you were willing to come and share your enthusiasm. Um, it's always great to have another seven who feels as strongly about (laughs) Colby as I do. So thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it so much. Thanks Libby. You're wonderful. Thank you. Thank you everybody. Thanks. Okay. Isn't he a hoot? (laughs) I kind of wish Glenn was my pastor. He is just hysterical. But anyway, I hope you got from this episode that whether it's Colby or Enneagram or just being hyper aware, it's really important to understand who you are and how you operate. Like what is that internal operating system And what is the operating system of the people around you and what are their motivators? Like how are they subconsciously motivated? And using that information to maximize everybody's potential in your office. And you can see with some of the examples that we talked about how this can increase your productivity and this can really increase the longevity of your employees. This can really impact how you hire There's so much information, I think, hidden inside of the Colby and the Enneagram. And I will link for you the Enneagram, a free Enneagram test that you can take. And I will link for you a link for the Colby assessment as well. I'm also going to encourage you, especially if you've got a really large team, to invest in this concept and really to invest in this idea and get the whole team on board. Like Glenn and I talked about how important it is to build culture within your office and culture within your team and to get everybody on board with the idea that not everybody has to be in every meeting and it's not anything to take personally. Um, So you can hire someone like Glenn to help you and your team see this. And you guys, he's like really, really reasonably priced. I was kind of like, dude, you should increase your prices. And he said, okay, maybe I will. So um, if you're going to do it, act act quick before he actually takes the the time to do that. (laughs) I can't help but give, you know, unsolicited business advice everywhere I go. Anyway, I hope this was incredibly helpful for you. Oh, and yeah, and I'm going to link to in the show notes. I have been recommended a book multiple times by people about Enneagram that I am going to read. So if you want to join me, this could be like the book club we never knew that we wanted or needed. But I will link that for you. I don't have the name of it here in front of me. Um, But apparently it's unbelievable and a total game changer as far as how to um, unlock some of the, and I know, and I I said this at the beginning and I still feel this way. Sometimes when I think about like Enneagram or um, Colby, like some of it just seems a little woo woo, like a little like, "Mm -hmm, okay, sure. This just seems like a, a whatever, but I will tell you, it really is fascinating information. So I would highly encourage you to at least explore and try to understand at a high level. And you might be really surprised if you take some different Enneagram tests out there and you'll, it's fascinating. Anytime I've ever done it in proximity of someone when they've taken it and they start reading through the results and they're like, holy smokes, there's like a little dude in my computer that has been stalking me and typed up this archetype to describe me. (laughs) It's, it's eerily accurate. So Highly encourage you guys to take a look at it and to see if you can incorporate it into your business. And this is a little bit longer of an episode. I don't care because I think it's amazing and it's my show. (laughs) But I'm going to keep the outro really short here. Um, You can see me at XYPN Live. There is a pre-conference that I am participating in with Matt Jarvis and the Perfect RIA. Um, I have a discount code for you. It's Libby. I'll link this all in the show notes below. No, I'm not getting paid or compensated in any way. I just think it's really cool. And I am on a mission to help educate, especially new and um, advisors kind of earlier in their career, that there are so many different ways to build this thing. And there isn't one right way. And that even if you are, you know, my background is in a broker-dealer relationship. So you know, you can build a super efficient business regardless of how you get compensated, regardless of, you know, what structure you're under. And you can go on LinkedIn and argue about it with everybody. Okay. I'm not here for that. I am confident that by putting 
certain things in place in your business that you can build an ultra successful business where you are right now if you build it properly. So I'm just on a mission to share that that message with individuals as many places as I can. So plus it'll just be a whole bunch of fun. And I obviously did a, an episode with Matt recently that you can check out. And what I think is so cool about it is that Matt and I are really different in a lot of ways. And we have some super similar stories as far as an efficiency standpoint. It's it's shocking when you look at advisors who are really running a lifestyle business at a really high level. A lot of the ingredients to bake the cake are the same, but you can still adjust it and modify it to make the cake whatever flavor it is that works for you. And I think that's really, really cool. So if you're going to be at XYPN Live, consider coming to the Perfect RIA pre-conference. Oh, you know who else is going to be there? Matt's brother, Steven, who I did an episode with, who is a CPA and his business, super cool, um, Retirement Tax Services, is all about helping advisors be better tax planners and to really help our, you know, our, our clients maximize their tax situation. So, okay, I promised I'd keep it short and now it's not. So I'll see you on the Efficient Advisor community out on Facebook. We're having lots of fun conversations in there. We have had just explosive growth and I'm really excited about all of the different threads that people are, you know, starting and all of the idea sharing that's happening. Super pumped. All right. See you guys next week.